Chili makes both the Chili Pad and Uller, two really cool products, pun intended, that fit over the top of your mattress and use water to control the temperature of your bed. Since water is more thermally efficient than air, Chili sleep systems help lower your internal temperature to trigger deep, relaxing sleep. The Uller is controlled through an app on your phone with smart scheduling, a warm awake feature, and a UV light to auto-clean, while the Chili Pad is simply controlled using a remote. When you start using Chili Sleep Systems, you'll notice you fall asleep faster, sleep deeper, and wake up feeling fully rested. Whether you like to sleep a little warmer or cooler, you can customize the temperature for you and your side of the bed. Chili products offer a temperature range between 55 and 115 degrees Fahrenheit to suit every sleeper. And right now, Chili is offering my audience a great deal. When you go to chilitechnology.com news, you can get 20% off any sleep system with the code NEWS. That's C-H-I-L-I technology.com slash news with code news for 20% off any sleep system. Hello, Velo News listeners. This is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Velo News, coming at you with another Velo News tech podcast. And I am joined today by editorial director Ben Delaney. Ben, how's it going? Oh, it's going pretty well. I didn't manage to dump myself on the dirt here and got some stitches in my knee, but otherwise we're doing just fine. And moving on past that, we're looking forward to the Tour de France, people. Yes, yes. it wouldn't be a weekend in Boulder if somebody wasn't bleeding, I guess. But uh, correct, correct. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, tour tour is coming up. So of course we're talking about it because uh, it's the, you know the most exciting time of the year, and it's happening at a different time of year this year. Um, it, it's a it's a weird world we're in. Um, and Ben. You and I are usually at this, you know, at, at, at tour time on a plane to a foreign country to cover said tour. Um, and as tech guys, you know, we, we walk the pits before the stage and try to spot new tech. That's not happening this year. Um, so I wanted to talk today a little bit about, you know, your experience at the tour, my experience at the tour, and what it's like to sort of spot new tech and, and some of the stories that we've had in the past doing, doing exactly that. Uh, and then also kind of talk about, you know, what, what to look for this year and how we're going to spot it this year, since you and I will be home, uh, much like our listeners this year, which is a little bit of a different, uh, different vibe for you and me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Ben, let's, let's start with, uh, with tours past. And, um, you know, when, when you go to the tour and when I go to the tour, let's give our, our listeners a little bit of a sense of what we do day to day when tour time starts. So. Sure. Quick walkthrough, Ben. What uh, what has your experience been, and what's your process been? Sure. Well, I mean, as you know, bef- the our tour starts before the tour starts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, often we get there, you know, a few days before the race begins. The same as the teams, the same as the mechanics, critically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and we will do the tour to parking lots. Yes. The tour to hotel <laughs> parking lots. Uh, we get our race accreditation. Put a little yellow strip lanyard around our necks. Mm-hmm. Uh, to minimize, not to eliminate, but to minimize the hassling you get from yes, security yes. and teams, and then go uh, from team truck, team truck to team truck, um, you know, fishing for a few things. You know, there's some things that we know are new and coming that big brands are blasting their horns about, and that's cool. Um, but also, things we look for are the the little interesting bits that no one is bragging about, and to me, those are the most fascinating. Perhaps since we're kind of trouble made, troublemakers by nature, we want to see like, yeah, but what are you not supposed to be doing that yeah, you're doing? Yeah. Um, and I, that is what I'm. One of the things that I am uh, disappointed about this year is missing out on that. So just seeing things like, for instance, just like uh, satellite shifter placements. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's very 
it's the minutia of dorky things, but I get into it, and I think some others also. But like seeing things like Jasper Stoyven's Shimano Di2 sprint shifters that he had spliced or his mechanics had spliced into a SRAM ETAP system. Right, right. Again, not something that you're going to see on Tram's homepage right. nor Shimano's homepage. <laughs> but I think that's you know, stuff like that's pretty cool to see. Yeah. Uh, we're not going to be seeing that from the TV screen. Right. Um, so and we're going to, dear listeners, do our, as best we can from afar. And we, yes. you know, we do have yes. a few uh, reporters, ex- American expatriates, James Start, and who's lived in Paris for 30 years, and Andrew Hood, who's lived in Spain for years, will be on the ground. Mm-hmm. So we're we're begging and pleading with those guys. Hey, in addition to the you know the 16, 20 hour <laughs> days, you're already working doing the new stuff. Hey, can you try to take some pictures of bikes and such? Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Then also, you know, talking to different team mm-hmm. liaisons, like you know, our friend Matt Shriver, who works for Trek, works mm-hmm. closely with the team. So mm-hmm. we're we're going to use uh, all of our tricks to see what cool bits we can can bring to you. Totally. How about how about you, Dan? I mean, what's what's some? Uh, I know there's like there's some funny stories and some horror stories. And like, <laughs> what? what are some of your memories of of uh, chasing tour? gear in years past well well, i have a i have a tradition yearly of um arriving uh at the very last minute and then immediately getting lost in a foreign country uh learning the the driving rules and uh and breaking them uh, accordingly yes um, yes <laughs> and then once i finally to get the heart rate going yeah exactly exactly it's uh it's it's endearing i i'd like to think of it but uh yeah you know the 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 tour is a unique beast you know i've covered other other races you know i've been to the giro i've been to the classics the tour is is a frenetic pace and so right right when you get there you are boots on the ground you're running um and what i have actually you know in in touring various parking lots as you said with with um teams you know as they prepare to to go out on on their training rides is you know to be a pest but not so much of a pest that they literally pick you up and move you which actually did happen to me once i'll tell you about that in yeah, a minute. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, but what i've done is uh sort of developed a a, a radar for electrical tape uh, and the reason I do that is because uh, when there is non-sponsored gear, as, as a masking agent, yes, electrical yes, tape, as yes. a masking agent, yep. Um, when there is non-sponsored gear on a rider's bike, it is covered with electrical tape, um, and so I often will will wander through the pits looking for electrical tape just to see because usually what that means is you know it, it's often pretty apparent what that gear is, uh, but it's sure. it's interesting to see what. Uh, Certain riders have have decided is is indispensable to them that they will kind of buck the trend of their so, their team. So so give some examples. I mean, I think the first thing that comes to mind is saddles. Yeah, where they're like you know the you know neither the rider nor the team is trying to rub it in the face of the sponsor, but like right. yeah, if you're going to be sitting on this thing for three weeks straight, you yeah. need to be comfy, and that's usually not something that's yeah, it's not a point of pride for saddle companies, but it's it's. Uh, yeah, that doesn't seem to be too big of a deal. But that's more of a uh, a sharpie situation of the the yes. logo, yes. sort of crossed out. What, what are you seeing covered up with electrical tape? Well, the two uh, the two things that come to mind, or sorry, well, I guess one is the saddle that you just mentioned. I think Greipel uh, brings his saddle to to his bike, and it's it's usually pretty well worn in, um, mm-hmm. and it's not it's not. It's not. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. (laughs) (laughs) 
But the the electrical tape one, the probably the most um, obvious one uh, that you honestly could probably spot from the TV screen is Peter Sagan's stem. Uh, in the past, sure. he I don't know that he still uses it, but really in the past, recent past, zip sprint. yeah, he used the zip the yep. zip stem, which was not um, not sponsored correct, but and the thing was like it's massive. It's like the size of my leg. Um, right. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't know that anybody, I don't know that Specialized made a stem big enough for him. Uh, and, you know, for him, that's all about positioning and, and stiffness. And, you know, when, when you're sprinting, you really want to get over those handlebars and get over the front wheel. And um, he wanted something that was stiff and also allowed him to get that far forward. And so the zip stem sort of became his favorite. Um, I would love to see if he's still using that this year. I don't know that I'll be able to spot it. But that's probably the most uh, obvious one uh, of electrical tape uh, masking, <laughs> as it yeah. were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever spotted any uh, masking tape jobs? Or, excuse me, yeah, electrical like, tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. tape jobs. You know, sometimes wheels will be mm-hmm. a thing. Um, and, it's, yeah, it's interesting, the, like the push-pull between team sponsors wanting a certain thing. Uh, and sometimes not being able to achieve it. Like the smaller teams are usually the most interesting where there's a, it's a smaller budget. They've got, uh, they've got to get more creative with how things are put together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it's also interesting to talk to the mechanics about, you know, what is like the secret sauce that the writer really believes in or the team really believes in and what is just like dumb circumstance. (laughs) It's got nothing to do with anything being superior. Like I remember talking to, uh, Soren, it was a, um, you know, long time wrench and somebody was asking like, Oh, they'd spotted a non-sponsor correct thing of lube. Like, Oh, that must be, you know, saving a fraction of a watt. And he's like, dude, we just ran out at the last race <laughs> at the the store. I'm driving 12 hours a day. This is what I was able to get. Like, right. Right. <laughs> there's not in fact a vast, you know, chain lube conspiracy right. afoot here. Right. Yeah. Um, and the, and but the, then sometimes there is super cool stuff. And then, yeah. and then like existing kind of in that same gray spaces, uh, new products being tested out not usually at the tour although sometimes at the tour mm-hmm. where it's like even a, uh, a brand wanted to have something ready to go and it's not quite there yet through for whatever different reasons whether right. supply chain or you know what or whatever so but they still want to talk about it so it's like mm-hmm. Psst, hey look over there this this uh, wheel covered up with electrical tape you might see something interesting wink right. wink nudge right. nudge right <laughs> and the worst feeling is in the world is when you go over there and you're like i don't I don't see it. <laughs> um, you know, one of the other things that I look for uh, when I go there is, uh, you know, with, with bikes being what they are now and, and, you know, the brands wanting to put on the best face possible, especially at the tour, which is the, by far the biggest uh, spotlight for them throughout the yeah, year, everything is pretty. And yes. so what I look for is ugly things. Um, so <laughs> often I find myself looking in a mirror. No. Um, uh. <laughs> Uh, ugly things. So, it, and this this didn't happen at the tour. This happened at the Giro. But um, you know, I was one time just scoping out. Uh, it, at the at the time, it was Team Sky, and uh, it is impossible to get near the Team Sky bus. Uh, always. Yes. Um, and so I was just sniffing around the cars, which has the spare bikes on them, uh, which is another place I like to look. And on yeah. Chris Froome's bike, I spotted a little ugly thing on the bottom of the bottom bracket shell, and it was a three D printed piece and i was like what the heck is that so i snapped some photos and it wasn't until later what i figured out was um you know chris Froome uses those big ovalized rings yeah. which yes. means if he drops a chain it's, those are ugly things in my humble opinion yeah, yes. they're very ugly. <laughs> um but yeah i mean those if they drop a chain that's that thing is going to get stuck right in your your, your chain's going to get stuck right in your bottom bracket and so this little piece was intended to keep the chain 
from getting stuck between the crank and the bottom bracket in case he did drop a chain. And so that was a kind of a neat little thing to see how 3D so printing. It's not, a, it's not a chain catcher, but a, but a chain don't jammer. A chain don't jammer. I think that might be the yes. scientific name. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's little things like that that get me stoked um, because, you know, yeah. 3D printing since I started, my first tour was 2015. 3D printing was not a thing yet. I mean, it was like mm. a proto. It was a prototyping thing. It was a. Right. You know, we right. just got this 3D printer, and we don't really know how to do it yet. Um, so to see parts in actual use was was really exciting and really cool. And then, you know, Team Sky was really good at, at um, advancing that, and they had their 3D printed titanium handlebars at the Tour de France. I think in 2018, 2017. I have to go back and remember, but. Um, and I spotted those. And so that was, again, just wandering around looking for ugly things. I mean, it looked like titanium that had been spray painted. <laughs> um, so that was kind of cool. And, uh-huh. and, you know, just sort of taking the polish off of it. Because on the on the TV screen, everything looks shiny. Everything looks new. Top of the line, $12,000 bike. But in reality, it's all about adapt- adapting uh, during the stage. And if you talk to any yes. mechanic, they'll, they'll tell you that. I, too, like seeing the, the rough experimentation stuff and i don't think it's shameful at all in fact i think that's the genesis of where the cool new stuff comes from you know whether it's uh, shimano di2 shram e tapper or you know 800 gram carbon frames these things don't just come out of nowhere fully formed and perfect you've got to experiment and uh and often doing so in races with the sharpest mechanics in the game is, is where that comes from. So I think that's super cool to see the the workshop mm-hmm. side of things. Yep. But you know who, Dan, you know who I think is really going to appreciate the new COVID regulations this year? I, I can't even begin to guess who that might be. <laughs> yeah, for most of it, it's going to be terrible. I think the mechanics are going to love the oh, regulations yeah. of having our pain in the butts not yeah, yeah. accessible. You know, I just... I mean, God bless them. They're trying to do multiple jobs in stressful situations. And especially in the days leading up to the tour, they're trying to build all the regular bikes, all the fresh new bikes. Mm-hmm. You know, sponsors are in their face, riders in their face. Everybody's stressed out. It's uh, And then on top of that, here we come like, hey, can I take this bike over and right. take photos of it? Hey, can I take that bike over? <laughs> and, and most of the time they oblige. And we try yes. to, you know, be as... as uh, uh, kind and As nice things. as we... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We try not to be a problem, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's sort of opposed. What they're trying to do is build bikes and get them put away, and we're trying to haul them out and look at them, take pictures of them. Mm-hmm. I remember a uh, a colleague at another publication who shall remain unnamed. It's something <laughs> that we're all fearful of doing. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> yes, I already, I already know what this is. <laughs> See where this is going. So, yeah, special bikes. The Tour de France painted up it. Kwiatowski one year had uh, the year he was world champion had a beautiful white specialized painted with the rainbow stripes uh, another gentleman asked to borrow this bike to go take photos of it and there was a, the trucks team trucks just happened to be close to a beautiful old stone church mm-hmm. took the bike up to the top of the stairs had this lovely framing church in the background stone stairs in the foreground so he Gently leaned it up against the top <laughs> stair, went down about 20 stairs to take a photo of it. The wind came along. Yeah, yeah. The bike took a tumble, and everyone seemingly is like their eyes turned to watch this <laughs> beautiful custom. Yeah. You know, up until this moment, immaculate bike go ding, dong, ding, dong, down, ding, yeah. mm-hmm. down the stairs. And then we had to return that to the mechanic who had to <laughs> not, not start all over, but essentially start all over. Yes, yes. 
Sorry. The entire country gasped. (laughs) So so I don't think the mechanics will miss us at all this year. No, no, probably not. Uh, Speaking of mechanics, uh, who will not miss me? My, like I said, my first tour was 2015, and you know I I was brand new. I wanted to make a name. I wanted to to do my job well, and so I was sniffing around and looking for new stuff. And I was like, okay, if I can get, if I can scoop somebody, you know, I can get something. And so I was at the time. I was. uh, It was a time trial. Uh, it was, uh, it was, I was around the Katusha bus and not knowing the rules as they were, um, I was very willing to break them. And so a lot of times when you go to the tour, uh, you know, there's a lot of people milling about the, the team pit area. And so they'll put up ropes, uh, to sure. keep, to keep people, you know, keep a perimeter so the riders can at least warm up and keep you, know. you hoodlums out of the club. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, um, and I'm a guy you need to keep out of the club anyway. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't know that. So I just kind of like ducked behind a rope and started taking photos. And uh, there uh, in, in one of the buses was a, a new helmet I'd never seen. And so I, I started snapping photos with this. Sauntered on over. I just walked on over <laughs> like I owned the place. <laughs> like I was on Team Katusha. Uh, and uh, the uh, Swaniers did not take kindly to that. Uh, and I do not speak the language that they were speaking. And so, you know, when they were very vehemently yelling at me, I waved kindly and put on a smile. <laughs> uh, and they came over and literally picked me up. One on one side, one on the other, picked me up and moved me. <laughs> and I was like, man, that could have gone a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was actually physically removed from the Katusha bus. They probably could have pitched you. Yes. But yeah. I'm, I'm small enough that they could have punted me, you know, like a football. <laughs> Drop kicked me, you know. Um, Ben, we're going to take a quick break here, but uh, when we get back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, tour tech to look for this year and how you're going to spot it, uh, what we're excited to see in this very unusual uh, Tour de France that we're about to see here in 2020. But first, let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Chili makes both the Chili Pad and Uller, two really cool products that fit over the top of your mattress and use water to control the temperature of your bed. Since water is more thermally efficient than air, Chili Sleep Systems help lower your internal temperature to trigger deep, relaxing sleep. Right now, Chili is offering my audience a really great deal. When you go to chilitechnology.com slash news, you can get 20% off any sleep system with code NEWS. That's C-H-I-L-I technology.com slash news with code NEWS for 20% off any sleep system. All right, Ben, we are back. Uh, and we've been talking about sort of our processes when we go to the tour to spot new tech. This year is going to be different. Uh, this yes. year is going to be harder for us as uh, tech people to to tell the stories about uh, new bike and gear because we're not there to see it. Um, so on the just, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say you just put together a story yes. for readers as to how to spot new tech or cool tech mm-hmm. at the tour while watching from the couch. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, why don't you give us some of your pointers? Yeah, so if you fire up the old interwebs, uh, crank that bad boy up and go to the Oh, don't make me read. (laughs) I'll I'll read it to you. I I can do a dramatic reading if you'd like. Um, Yeah, so I wrote an article, Tour de France Tech, what to look for and how to spot it. Uh, It is going to be a little bit different this year, so we're all kind of bound to our computer screens or TV screens if you're fortunate uh, to, to sort of see, you know, the pixelized version of all the gear that we usually see on the ground. Uh, but, you know, there's going to be some stuff that is going to be easier to spot. And I think, you know, obviously bikes is, is the easiest one, perhaps. 
Um, and so we've already seen Trek and Specialized launch their flagship bikes this year. We've had the the Amonda launched earlier this year, the uh, Tarmac SL7 uh, more recently. And so those will be pretty easy to spot. Uh, you know, you know the teams that are riding them. Uh, we already know those bikes exist. Uh, BMC has their new team machine. Again, we know the teams uh, and, and where we're going to see them. So what else are we going to see? Uh, what bikes are due? Well, uh, ben, you d- you did spot a uh, a spy shot recently, uh, and uh, so we can expect to see that bike. Tell me a little bit about that bike that you recently saw. I wish I could tell you more. Obviously, you know, my friend, <laughs> friend Jamie and, and France forwarded me a shot saw outside the uh, Israeli startup nation team bus at the Dauphiné of Hey, this bike doesn't look like a normal bike, and mm-hmm. and it was not uh, you know hanging on the rack there in front of the bus. It was like parked next to the bus. Yep. Um, yeah, so that looks like a new, you know, ultralight climbing bike coming up. Um, Factor also just rolled out a new aero bike. Am I correct? You just posted about something about that. I think you have those reversed. So they I have those reversed. Yeah. So they like, just, I, like I said, I wish I could tell you more. <laughs> <laughs> so Factor just released a new lightweight climber, and then the the spy shot was sort of. Uh, very uh, trendy in terms of combining the the all around and the arrow. It looks kind of like an arrow bike, but not as burly tubed. I would say. Right, um, right. It's like the, the drop skinny seat stay. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. don't know a whole lot about that one just yet, uh, but that is one to keep an eye on. We have seen spy shots of that one kicking around, um, and because of the weird timing this year, you know, usually the tours in July. Obviously, we're now heading into September. Uh, you know, that's probably why we've already seen the SL7 or, uh, from, from tar- the Tarmac SL7 and the Trek Imonda. Yes. Um, so, you know, some of these brands may not have held back their new releases. But again, the tour is sort of that big spotlight. So we're probably likely to see some new tech, uh, new bikes from some brands. Um, one of the places to keep an eye on time trials. Uh, there's only one. Uh, and it's, it's an individual time trial late in the tour, uh, time trial bikes. Uh, we haven't heard anything new this year in time trial bikes, as far as I know. So that's going to be a good one to keep an eye on. I think that Mm -hmm. that may be a good opportunity for some bike launch, uh, moments. Um, now the, the things that are probably easier to spot, uh, in terms of new stuff, because the, the cameras are always trained on them. is helmets. Um, we've already seen a new one from giant. Uh, I think that's probably the only new one we've seen. Um, I have a speculation, Ben. My, they, okay. My speculation what are you looking for? is okay. So we, I think you were at the same launch that I was for this helmet, which was God going on three three years ago. The S Works Prevail uh, mm-hmm. has not been updated in some years. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so this is my this is my that like is the, that is specialized aero helmet. That's yeah. that's the Evade. Uh, the Prevail is the climbing helmet, the really lightweight one. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, uh, and I'm over two. And I know, so swinging a miss. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting breezy over here, Ben. That's, um, yeah, that's uh, a sauerkraut sandwich, right? You're talking about here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I've that before. Yeah, the uh, the Prevail, prevail uh, the Prevail Two, I should say, is their super lightweight climbing helmet. Uh, came out a few years ago. Well, was updated a few years ago, I should say. Uh, super lightweight, no MIPS, uh, no rotational force. And this is why my speculation is that, if not this year, very soon, I think we're going to see a new Prevail uh, that's going to mm-hmm. compete with the super lightweight helmets out there uh, and inclu- incorporate, if not MIPS, some sort of rotational uh, system. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think? Do you think I'm right? <laughs> 
it could be. Yeah, yeah. It could it certainly could be. Uh, and then you know, Specialized also has the. Uh, I'm going to forget their cute nomenclature for that, but the you know the awareness uh, chip on the back of the helmet. So in, in the case of an incident, it alerts your phone. Your yes. phone can alert. Angi. Yes. Yeah. Uh, not necessarily so relevant to a tour rider who hits the deck. Um, although with you know Rimco going over the. Yeah. Gotta well, find him thirty feet down locate there. the poor guy. Yeah, yeah he's like a low jack on his head. Poor yeah. guy. I'm so glad he's. Yeah, uh, his injuries were not worse. That was terrible. Yeah, that's right to watch. Yeah, for sure. I think with, with helmets, what's interesting for me to see, and with with wheels and even frames, also is new stuff. Sure, but also what riders and teams choose to use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes it's science based, and sometimes it's just I like it better based. Yeah. Uh, so you know. And then seeing how brands, uh, respectively, respond to that, you know, yeah. so they could have the fastest aero bike or the fastest aero helmet, but if the guys aren't using it in the race, mm, why is that? Okay, right. well, it's because because we're sweating buckets in these things, right? Um, and so you see these iterations. So that's you know sort of similar to what you were talking about with you know, the you know Chris Froome's 3D printed thing. Like that's kind of how this stuff uh, gets refined. Mm-hmm. Is, mm-hmm. Is at the pointy end of, of bike racing, so right? Yeah, and that's that's sort of one of the reasons I also think Giro is is going to come out with a little bit of a refinement on their Vanquish Aero helmet, which is a wonderful helmet. I have to say, I, I actually do like the fit, I like the feel of it, I like the look of it. Uh, but they integrated some uh, like an eye shield uh, into it, yeah. you know, a magnetic eye shield. I I never see riders using it ever. Um, and mm-hmm. so I wonder if, if that's going to factor into Giro's considerations about what that, the future of that helmet looks like, because I think there's a lot of really promising technology there, but again, it's like, you know, the, the design is one thing and the, you know, the engineers can say all day long to the riders, this is going to be awesome. And the riders are going to say, sure. I'm not going to wear that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they can show them like legitimate wind tunnel studies, like mm-hmm. how much faster it is. It's like, yeah, but I, I want to feel air on my face when yes. it's a hundred degrees yes. out. Right. <laughs> yes. So yeah, again, it's uh, the 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 form uh, in a sense follows the function, but the the form also sometimes will dictate the function later on if if people aren't using it. Um, yes. As usual, I mean, we, I hate to beat this one to death, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to bring this up in advance. Breaks. There's life in the horse yet. Yes. <laughs> Get down, horse. Did you see? Did you see Wout one on Brim Breaks? Yep. That's because the, the fast disc conspiracy is. False fake yeah. news. It's wrong. The rim brakes are coming back, man. No, they're not. They're not. Oh, that was kind of cool. See, I was. Yeah, that was notable. Certainly, uh, both at Strata and then uh, Milan San Remo. Yep. Yep. You know, catching Al Philippe on a descent, and yep. Uh, maybe that's was he because because he couldn't slow down as fast as he needed to, so he had <laughs> no choice but to go flying up to. to right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could, it makes fun bar stool conversation for sure. Um, for and again, sure. I think that's another one of like what's you know how much is is science mm-hmm. and how much is rider preference or team preference and, yeah. and how much do these things actually matter? Yeah. Uh, and I just yeah enjoying like the psychology of it as, as much as anything. I remember being at a, a quick step team camp uh, in Valencia, Spain. You know, this is a off season camp, and in January as the team's going through new gear. Yeah. Uh, and I was there with Specialized, and they had. Uh, you know, a number of different saddles for the riders to try out, and they weren't necessarily pushing one particular saddle or the other. Just saying, like, here are the different saddles, here are the benefits, here are the different widths for for sit bones, mm-hmm. 
you know, just pick what you like. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see how, especially with the the first year riders, how the first go round riders came back and picked a, a variety of different saddles, mm-hmm. uh, and they were all kind of eyeing Tom Bonin, like, what's what's he going to pick? What's right. he going to pick? <laughs> he picked a certain saddle, the chicane, and then the next day. Uh, a number of the younger writers like, oh, yeah, I want the chicane. I want, I want one Thomas. <laughs> I'll have what he's having, yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Does this come with some Pari Roubaix wins? <laughs> yeah. And so that's, I think that's that's kind of charming and humanizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are the best athletes in the world, but they're still kind of second-guessing themselves yeah. as to, okay, what is the best? I don't know. Right, right. Here's what I, I think I feel, and here's what you know uh, a company is telling me, where the team's telling me, but... It's still not a thousand percent conclusive, you know. There's right. so much of of the sport is unknown and wild that mm-hmm. uh, it's it's interesting to see where we look to for for comfort in our gear. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, I mean, I think disc brakes uh, in the peloton have sort of changed the way riders uh, actually ride their bikes. I mean, you know, I've I've talked to a few pros now, and I, I was recently just talking to Pete Stetna about this, and you know, one of the things he said is disc brakes allow you to go faster into a corner and break later. Uh, and the consequences of that are um, if somebody else is on rim brakes, that's a different braking dynamic. You know, you have to brake earlier. You have to, you know, really, uh, you, you can't wait until the last second like you can with a disc brake, which means that there is sure. an, an entire Especially peloton. Yeah, exactly. Especially if it's raining. Uh, and so that's an entire peloton of riders who are braking at different, essentially at different speeds. Um, so that adds a character to the race, um, and that can really change the outcome of a race. Um, but, you know, the other thing that, that I, I noticed was when I tweeted out that, you know, Walt Van Aert had won on, on rim brakes, uh, yes. Gary Fisher tweeted back and said, you know, part of that is, is uh, because the wheels are, are more compliant. You know, it's a, it's a lower spoke count. The, the, the tension's different, and so the wheels can give more. And if you're on a, a, a different, you know, a, a difficult mm-hmm. rocky or, you know, uh, um, cobbled terrain for example um that wheel will give mm-hmm. more and i wonder now with disc brakes though and and with how wide wheels have gotten and and tires consequently and lower pressures mm. i mean does that matter anymore and i think that's that's mm. really what the the, the argument mm. boils down to is does it matter anymore um, that's interesting yeah so and i don't know i mean i don't know if the science behind that's correct i mean gary fisher i'll defer to him he's been around a little bit longer than i have <laughs> you can't argue with that you can't argue with that mustache no no it's in that suit he's always so sharply dressed uh <laughs> and i'm such a slob uh, <laughs> um, but i think it's an interesting uh an idea i mean it's something i hadn't really considered too much uh in terms of how pros would choose their gear in that sense so i think that's mm-hmm. that's a cool mm-hmm. a cool little thing to watch out for yes um, yes and of course, you know, wheels and tires, as I mentioned, everything's getting wider. I think at this point, nobody's riding 23s. Uh, most brands aren't even making 23s anymore. Um, wheels are now at the point where the inner rim uh, width is 21. You know, we're, we're, I think, I think the, the wide tire trend is now solidified. Um, do you think we'll see anybody riding anything narrower than a 25? <laughs> I don't think so. Like in, even in time trials, we're not seeing skinny tires anymore. Right. I mean, they might be relatively thinner than the road things, but you're not seeing like, yeah, there's no 19 mil out there. Right. Right. Anymore. Right. And the, and the type of tires is now curious. You know, tubers have long been the thing 
for pros. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've seen tubeless, a couple brands and teams dipping their toes in the tubeless. Mm-hmm. And now, curiously, clenchers mm-hmm. on that latest specialized uh, Tarmac yep. SL7. Yep. Yep. The, and a Quick Step is riding uh, essentially a, like the, the tippity-top stock build with Roval wheels, which are specialized wheels, mm-hmm. which are clincher only. Yep. And, you know, we've seen some clincher use by specialized riders, specialized riders, notably Tony Martin, the time trial uh, haunch, mm-hmm. uh, because of, uh, according to specialized, uh, the lowest possible lo- rolling resistance mm-hmm. and great aerodynamics you could get with a clincher tire. Yes. Um, but to my knowledge, Dan, I don't think I've ever seen a clincher used in a road stage of the Tour de France, mm. at least not knowing. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. I mean, I know we saw a lot of tubeless use, which, yep. Uh, yep. you know, Decune and Quickstep last year used it quite a bit. Um, but a tubed clincher setup, I can't think of anything uh, in recent memory. Um but I think, yeah, I mean, that's, that is truly a, a, a deviation from the norm. I think, I mean, and we're still watching tubeless sort of grow. I mean, you know, Mitchelton Scott played with it last year on training rides. Now Pirelli has an actual tubeless-ready race tire. Um, so we might see them on tubeless this year. But on clincher, you know, with a tube, I, I very seriously doubt that. Um, so I don't know. that, that The Raval is a, is a truly interesting take. I'm, I'm curious to see if that ends up being ridden in the tour or if they all default to tubulars. Um, I mean, yeah. a Raval does make – they make tubular tires. They make uh, you know tubeless. They, they, they have the whole gamut so the riders can really yes. play if they want to. Yes, um, yes, of course. And on that order, I mean, you think too about the, the change in, in wheel depth uh, which we've we've talked quite a lot about recently, and uh, you know now we're seeing climbers who who used to uh, navigate more closely to the lowest profile rim in the past, and still do to a certain yep. extent. Now we're using deeper profile uh, rims. Um, do you, uh, pop quiz? Do you know why? Arrow is everything, Dan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, trademark. Uh, yeah. It's a. Uh, yeah. It is all about arrow, and and you know, there's been so many studies coming out recently that basically say aerodynamic rims uh, benefit most riders in most conditions. It's not until you get to those really steep uh, pitches, and you, and only then, even then, for for certain riders, that those lightweight benefits kick in. Uh, I think it's up to like six or seven percent. I think so. For most of us, the the normal human beings in, in this world, um, aero rims are actually faster, even on climbs. Yeah, it certainly depends on not just the gradient, but the speed at which you can go up said gradient. Right. Like you and Leonard had a great tech piece and yep. uh, magazine recently on that, where you know Leonard was talking to aerodynamicists at Swiss side. Um, like Jean-Paul Ballard, who worked for Formula One for a number of years, and his crew know their stuff. I've certainly been in the, the wind tunnel they use there outside Friedrichshafen. Yep. And love talking to that guy. Um, there's not a clean, tidy answer about at, which is what we're always looking for. Like, when right. should we use arrow? When should we use lightweight? Right. Um, the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it does seem to be like that, you know, five or six percent, uh, you know, 
13, 14, 15 miles an hour right. range if you're going at a pretty good clip. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And for the Tour de French riders, they happen to go at a pretty good clip. Right. Uh, I've heard that rumor. Yeah. 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 But for the rest of us, I mean, we, I mean, you know, maybe there's, there's some people who are not at the world tour level who climb like that. I certainly don't. Um, and so I think, you know, it's worth, I'm going to plug our Leonard Zinn article because I think it's worth reading, but yeah, for the vast majority of riders, um, those arrow section wheels are actually faster for you, even on the climbs, despite the fact that they are heavier, um, it's just, it's just, you're fighting the wind more than you're fighting the weight. So really interesting there. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, and, and what's great about the, the tour is that there's so many different types of riders, you know, a guy like Peter Sagan is very different than a guy like Egan, Egan Bernal. And so to see what their gear choices are for the same stage, I mean, it could vary, very vastly different, you know? Yes. Um, yes. So, and then the last two things I want to mention, Ben, um, one is, uh, rewinding to our previous episode of the tech podcast, in which I talked to Micah Moran from, from Trek, uh, who, Mm -hmm. uh, is, is the paint guru. The tour is a wonderful time to spot, uh, custom paint jobs, uh, especially when somebody grabs yellow. Um, yes. So these are usually things that I could spot in the, in the, uh, in the tour pits, you know, like Greipel's gorilla on his head tube this year, you're going to have to look a little bit harder. Um, but one of the obvious ones is the yellow, the yellow bike. Um, do you think we're going to see a yellow Bianchi this year? Man, it certainly seems that way. The way Yomo Visma has been just demolishing races. Uh, certainly, you know, sorry to see, uh, some of the riders crash out. Um, Chrysler is out, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, Roglic is still going super strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'd, I'd like to see uh, Colorado kid Sep Cuss yeah. get up there. Obviously, he's not. He's there as a super domestique. He's not right. going for yellow. But weird things happen in the Tour de France. Totally, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, we saw Tom Squinch and polka dots. Uh, what last year? So you know that's cool. Yes. Too. I mean, you never know who's going to be. Yeah, in those shoot, jerseys. shoot, Taylor Finney. Yeah. <laughs> He's no small drink of water, and that yeah. big boy pulled yeah. on the polka dots. Remember it? Uh, yeah. Uh, tour a couple years ago. So yeah, mm-hmm. strange things can happen, and yeah, Yumbo Visma is flying. So yeah, I think like, it'd be interesting to see. The cards. It'd be interesting to see how Bianchi yeah, what... uh, handles the yellow bike this year if they get it. I think that's that's a, a good one to look for on the TV, and it'd be an easy one to spot on the TV. Um, definitely look at Trek because they've got their in-house project one. They've always got some creative paint jobs, uh, specialized again, no slouch, uh, can definitely come up with some pretty cool graphics, especially for their marquee riders like Mr. Sagan. Um, this year, Ben, and, and I think we can end here is, um, you know, this year off- offers a pretty unique, um, moments of expression for riders we shall say <laughs> something we've never seen in the past uh they can actually customize something we've never seen oh, i see before. where you're going with this yeah yes. you know exactly what i'm saying right yes yeah don't uh, be so serious yeah, written it, right on your face yeah why so serious says peter sagan and daniel oss masks this year will be a thing and of course everybody at this point knows that um, but, you know, aside from the boring old medical mask, we've seen uh, team masks. We've seen, you know, Peter Sagan with his Why So Serious mask that, you know, even Daniel Oss has sort of co-opted. Uh, yes. Maybe we'll see a yellow mask this year or a polka dot mask. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, podium ceremonies are a great, ta- you know, at the end of the stage, that's a great place to spot them. Yeah. You know, riders have to be yeah. up there. They have to be socially distant. 
Um, yeah, what you know, do you a think? marketing person somewhere is already thinking about selling that, and like, oh, oh this is great real estate right yeah. there on his face. You know, totally. I'll be on the podium and put it put it right across his face. <laughs> Alpacin uh, masks, yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, toothpaste would be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah, I would, listerine. Yeah, for any any pro riders out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a mask printed with just my face on it, and I want you to ride it in the Tour de France, so I can say I rode the Tour de France. <laughs> <laughs> Ben, anything else we're missing? What do you think uh, uh, folks can look out for on the TV, uh, or you know, anything else? You any predictions for things we might see this year that uh, that will be relevant for people to to know about tech? Oh man, I mean, the the best part of it is just showing up to see what happens. I mean, yeah. that's the the beautiful thing about our sport from yeah. the racing perspective and also from the gears. Like, yeah, who knows what will be pulled out? There's, as you mentioned, a lot of the companies had to jump ahead and launch things uh, because bikes are selling like hotcakes and, and instead of using the tour in July which also happens to be a great time to sell bikes yep. uh, they just went ahead and pulled the trigger but I'm sure we'll be seeing some some neat tidbits do I know what those are I have no idea sure. but yeah. well, just one more reason to uh, to tune in and check it out and uh, tune into velonews.com to see what we, we saw and what we missed and yeah. uh, if we've seen us missing anything give us a shout yeah please do uh, and we're, we're out of time, but uh, next time I'll have to tell you about the time I did get hit by a car in the team pits. That was fun. Uh, so there's always, <laughs> there's always something exciting happening in the team, the, the team pits. Uh, ben, thanks for joining me today. And um, for those of you listening, we will be back with lots of tour tech uh, over the course of the Tour de France and the lead-up to the Tour de France. Uh, and, Ben, I'm sure you will be uh, by my side uh, keeping an eye on, on what's new and what's cool. Uh, so thanks for joining me today, Ben. Hey, my pleasure. And for those of you listening, if you have questions about this tech podcast or any of the other podcasts in the Velo News atmosphere, please do feel free to reach out to me, dcavallari at velonews.com. I did just forget my last name for a second. Sorry. Uh, you can also find me on social media at Brown Dan on Twitter and Instagram. Ben, where can they find you? I'm a social media dropout, but I'm still going strong on Strava. You can find me there at Ben hyphen Delaney. All righty, guys. And uh, if you have questions, comments, please do reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And thanks for listening. And we will catch you next time to talk even more Tour Tech.